scripture passage this morning is taken from the fourth chapter of Philippians, verses 1 through 13, and they be found uh, on page 198 in the New Testament of your Pew Bibles. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. If there is anything, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly, now that at last you have received, revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity show, to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The word of God for the people. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. <clears throat> Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I think I have seen more non-cartoon movies in 2014 at the theater than I did in all of 2013. It's been so much fun to go to the movies and know everyone in the room. Now, whether or not I saw you before or after the movie, I knew you were there, and I knew that when we were at the theater and I laughed really loud, you were going to love me anyway, and that felt good. <laughs> I've enjoyed wondering where the message would go each week, the past three weeks, trying to figure out which angle Pastor Rick would take. And it cracked me up that this week, all the people who were sitting around me turned to me at the end of the movie and said, good luck. <laughs> I'm not sure what they meant by that. 
I love going to the movies with the church. In fact, on Wednesday, it was the fourth snow day in a row, and uh, my kids were going crazy, and so we went to the movies, but first we called some friends from church and asked them to meet us there. And because, you know, you just, it's kind of fun to go with people from church. And so we've decided that that's how we'll go to the movies from now on. It's been nice. A weekly escape from this endless winter that's only just begun. Well, since Tuesday, I heard some grumblings that people liked this movie the least in our series. Some said it was hard to watch, with a whole movie weaving between reality and daydream, that it was hard to know if Walter was really having an experience or if what was on screen was his imagination. I found myself wondering the same thing from time to time. I saw it a couple times, so I could figure it out. Some said it was just not as good as the original from 1947, the year my dad was born, that stars Danny Kaye and Virginia Mayo. I'm sure that we must be related. Uh, And also the Goldwyn girls. I assume they're dancers. The 1947 version was touted as a Goldwyn prize package of entertainment full of lavish laughs, gorgeous gals, ghastly ghouls. Why, it's simply Kaylooza. From watching the trailer, it's clear that there's a whole different storyline, though I certainly laugh lavishly during today's version. But one thing is the same. Walter Mitty is a daydreamer. As you saw in the trailer... We first, actually, you saw a different trailer than I looked at. Uh, But anyway, he first has a daydream on the platform waiting for the train to take him to work after the guy from eHarmony asks him if he's ever done anything noteworthy or mentionable. In his daydream, he rescues a three-legged dog from a building about to blow up. He then again daydreams after talking to the transition manager, a total jerk put in place to Transition Life magazine, where Walter is the negative assets manager to Life Online. Then again, he escapes into fantasy once more when he wants to talk to Cheryl, the girl he has a crush on. There's a reoccurring pattern in Walter's life. When he feels unable to express his true thoughts, Feelings, self, he lives it out in a fantasy. He stares into space and leaves the moment for his own moment. Now, my daughter, Allison, who's 10 years old and who loved the movie, on our way home Tuesday night said, The movie's about courage, Mom. That's all you got to (sighs) say. I think she's right. Walter lives a safe life and escapes when he's afraid. His job is to take photo negatives and process them while the photographer has the adventures and he stays in the basement living through the pictures. Until he sets off in pursuit of Sean O'Connell, the freelance photographer who shot the print for the final cover of the magazine, Walter lacks courage. He is afraid. I think that's why his mind wanders to daydreams. Now, I'm sure it goes back to his father's death when Walter was 17 and his need to take on financial responsibility for his family. We can spend a lot of time analyzing how he gave up risk-taking because he used to be this skateboarder with a mohawk haircut, all the things that his dad had encouraged. He had to leave those behind to take a job at Papa John's because his family had no savings and how that led him into a life of playing it safe as he escaped into daydreams where he was daring, where he had courage to express himself, where he wasn't afraid. 
But the bottom line is, if we're honest, we understand Walter, because at some time or other we've been there, we've sought escape, maybe just not in the same way. When my my mom was in the ICU for six weeks, I sat by her bed every day rereading the Harry Potter books. I desperately wanted to escape into them, to not face what was happening before me, to live in fantasy. When my husband Mike wants to escape, he goes to the computer. He browses social media. He sees what's on other people's minds instead of focusing on what's on his. Courtney Blackwell goes to the barn and plays with horses, or she snuggles a baby or paints. Pastor Christine read The Fellowship of the Ring, escaped into an alternate reality of stories of sacrificial love, mercy, and perseverance through hard time. She also opened her heart to her companions group. I have one friend who escapes through creative writing, another who escaped Christmas sadness by reading the Hunger Games books, and one who escaped a hard time by running on her country road several times a day. Karen Gerard escapes through music, handbells on Wednesdays, choir on Thursdays, while music and the friendships born through it. I have lots of friends who escape through working out or walking in the woods. One friend escapes through cleaning. She likes the order it provides. My old Sunday school teacher escapes through meditation. She imagines walking through a meadow or sitting by a waterfall. All are harmless escapes, some just an avoidance of realities, others perhaps an avenue to encounter and dwell with God, a way to be still and know that God is God and listen for God's still small voice. And some of us use unhealthy ways to escape. One of my friends told me that when her dad was arrested the summer between her junior and senior year of of college, she drank a lot to avoid the reality of her dad spending the rest of his life in prison. She's not alone in her story. In the midst of difficult times and a search for control over a situation, some escape through obsessive to the point of unhealthy cleaning, exercising, not eating. Others escape by eating or gambling or pornography. Some escape into their jobs becoming workaholics. There are all kinds of means that our world provides for us to avoid the reality that life presents. And sometimes we're so afraid we just let go and allow those forms of escape to take over our reality. It takes a great amount of courage and discipline and surrendering to a higher power to escape such an escape. Now, I wish that Walter's journey toward courage and living through his true self didn't start with a ride in a helicopter driven by a drunk pilot, but I can't control Hollywood. It's at that moment that he starts to dare, to risk, to live, and to do so in the present. Of course, it's a daydream of his love interest Cheryl singing Major Tom, a song that she told him in real life, is about courage and going to the unknown that gets him to summon up the courage. But once he does, he starts to live. He fights a shark, he chases a volcano, he climbs the Himalayas, and finally he finds Sean, the photographer, watching a snow lion on top of a mountain, camera at the ready. Sean tells him the snow leopard is called the ghost cat because it never lets itself be seen. 
Beautiful things don't ask for attention. But he doesn't take the picture. And Walter asks why, and Sean says, Sometimes I don't. If I like the moment, me personally, I don't like to have the distraction of the camera. I just want to stay in it. Just me. The man whose pictures have been Walter's only adventures tells Walter to live in the moment, live in reality. When Walter returns from his quest, he stands up to the transition guy and he asks Cheryl out. He chooses to take risks and live in reality, being true to himself. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes life is scary and we cry out for escape. And oftentimes it's in the escape, the escape, the healthy ones, that we find God. And in so doing, we find the courage to face reality and let our true selves be known. Other times we need something to jerk us out of our escape so that we can focus on reality. It may have been the helicopter ride for Walter. For us, it could be the call of a friend, the words of Scripture, the realization that if we continue down that road, we'll lose our life instead of ever living it. At some point, we have to find the courage to let go and live, and God will help us do that. When the church of Philippi was in its early stages, the Apostle Paul shared his experiences with them to give them courage. He told them that he came to know that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him, and they needed to believe that too. We all do. When I was in high school and my grandfather was dying in the hospital of cancer, one of my grandmother's Sunday school children wrote Paul's words on a picture that he'd drawn for my grandfather. It hung on the wall of his hospital room, and I'm sure I had heard or read the words before, but seeing them on that wall and hearing my grandfather repeat those words to me hit me in a new way, woke me up to my reality, and gave me strength and courage to face his death. It became my mantra and helped me to face a hard time, but it was even more powerful to see the way my grandfather lived those words as he faced his death. God's strength delivered him through those final days. But it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes we want to escape from God too. Maybe we're afraid of being exposed. Maybe we think it's safer living in a world where we don't have to surrender our fears or our demons. Maybe we're afraid to trust God to strengthen us and deliver us because who knows what could happen if we stand up for ourselves or get the girl or live a little. Who knows what could happen when we face the reality of cancer, the pain of loss, the plight of loneliness. And even though we are told that God will be with us, we still want to escape. It takes courage to trust God to relinquish control to God. It takes courage to live like he calls us and go against the culture. It takes courage to take Paul's words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, seriously, and then go and do all things when we are, in fact, afraid of failure. But the thing is, really the only part that takes courage is saying yes and relinquishing control to God. Because then, 
We aren't alone, and God will carry us. God will be with us, and I've seen it. I've lived it. The strength that we are given and the confidence and the presence of God that comes with it enables us to face anything that life may throw at us without fear. I was at a meeting on Friday for the Detroit and West Michigan Conference leadership teams. We were once again exploring the idea of joining together to create one new conference of the United Methodist Church that covers the whole state of Michigan instead of the two that we have now. There were people there who were carrying hurt and frustration because we've tried this in the past and it has been painfully unsuccessful. The bishop closed our time together by reading to us from scripture and by saying these words, we cannot go so far that God will not find us. No matter how much we may want to avoid what's in our path, no matter how much we want to escape, we can never escape from God. God is there before we are. Whether we want God there or not, God is there with the promise that we are not alone, that we don't have to face our fears alone, that we don't have to face the unknown alone. If we let him, God can give us the confidence to stand up for ourselves, the courage to ask out the girl, the will to fight cancer, the strength to love someone through death, the power to love when we are angry, the hope to face the future unafraid, and the assurance to know that we are not alone. For we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So seek God when you are afraid. And know that if you let him, God will give you courage to release your true self and face your realities. Walter Mitty eventually found that courage. Was it from God? I think so. Did he know it? I don't know. It's a fictional story. But what I do know, what I've been reminded of throughout our COMCU at the Movies series is that God is present whether or not we realize it. And the themes of faith are woven into the fabric of our lives. We just have to open our eyes and enjoy the moment, knowing that God will reveal them to us and we will find ourselves truly living. Amen. Amen.